So turn in your Bibles this morning to Psalm 66, and I I want to notice verse 12. I have some specific things that I I do want to cover today. So be open, open up your heart to the Lord because he wants to say some glorious and wonderful things to us. Psalm 66, 12 says, Thou hast caused me to ride, thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but you have brought us into a wealthy place. Last week I taught on this, and in the foyer after the service, one of the ladies who I know has experienced a lot of fire, a lot of tests, a lot of trouble, a lot of tribulations, but she's alive, she's breathing, and God has brought her into a wealthy place. So you may be going through a difficult time. The good news is this, is tough times don't last. But by the grace of God, you can make it through to the other side. Amen? Another translation says, you brought us to a place of abundance or rich fulfillment. You have brought us to a fruitful place, a broad, moist place of abundance, of refreshment, and open air. Now, if you were to do a study on the Hebrew word for wealthy or wealth, it literally means a place of overflow or saturation, a place of refreshment. That sounds really good to me. How about you? You know, we were in Southern California last week, went to a great conference, and it started getting warmer by the day. And uh, I think by Thursday, it was about 92, 93 degrees in Costa Mesa. It was very hot, and we went over and visited our son, John, and it was very, very warm. So I immediately went to the mall, and Brenda had cookie duty with Olivia. So the stove was hot, but oh, isn't it a wonderful thing to get out of the heat and get into a cool place, into a place of refreshment? And so I want to encourage you in your life to get over into the presence of the Lord because it is a wealthy place. It is a place of rich fulfillment and at a place where God will saturate you with his goodness. So when we talk about increase and wealthy place and prosperity, we're not just talking about money. We're talking about prosperity in every area of our life. And last week we looked at a few scriptures which included the word increase. For example... Job, though his first days were difficult, the Lord said to him, Yet thy latter end shall greatly increase. We also found that those that wait upon the Lord, that God will increase our strength. And as we walk with God, we found, according to Colossians chapter 1, that we can increase in the knowledge of God. And when we increase in the knowledge of God, there is a multiplication of grace and peace that can take place in our life. You see, a place of grace and a place of peace, when you're functioning in those things by faith, guess what? You're in a wealthy place. When you are strengthened for your trip or for your journey through life, that's a wealthy place. The Bible also talks about that one of the keys to having the years of our life increased And to prolong our days is through the fear of the Lord and by operating in divine wisdom. So everyone's saying, increase Increase. the wealthy place. place. It is mine. mine. And so then I want to encourage you to develop a mindset for increase. To do that, we must get our mind renewed and continually work on mind renewal. See, the Bible says we're not to be conformed to this world but transform or changed by the renewing of our minds. Before we were born again, we thought, we talked, we acted, we walked like 
the world. But now that we're saved, we see in the B-I-B-L-E the way to walk, the way to talk, the way to think. And so if you're going to develop a mindset of increase, you can't be poor-mouthing all the time. You can't be talking about how weak you are. You can't be talking about your genealogy in the natural. How Uncle Joe had this and Aunt Sally had this. And you just never know. Your day's coming soon. You've got to get rid of all of that thinking and take on the mind of Christ and begin to think the thoughts and speak the thoughts of God. Amen? Amen. In Psalms 115 verses 12 through 14 says this, The Lord has been mindful of us. You are on His mind. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless the house of uh, Israel. He will bless them that fear the Lord. There's a key there, both small and great. Verse 14 says, The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. So how many of you know that we've been on the mind of the Lord for a long, long time? He's got our best interests at heart. And if we'll just come into uh, line alignment, if you will, with biblical principles, we will see this wealthy place get wealthier and will be more fulfilled every day as we walk with God. You see, the thief is the devil. He is the author of decrease. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus is the God and the author of increase. He has come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, not redundantly, but abundantly. Amen? And so this teaching that we're doing today, it might be a seed that's being planted into you for the first time. It might be water that's going on a seed that you are nurturing over the years of your life. But the bottom line is this, expect God to give the increase. Expect your life to grow and to develop as we look at this wonderful subject. The word increase means to become greater, to become greater in amount, intensity, or degree. I love Psalms 105 and verse 24, and you can add this to your faith confession on a daily basis. In Psalms 105 verse 24, it says this, And he increased his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies. He increased Mark greatly. Amen? He increased Alice greatly. He increased George greatly. He increased Ed greatly. Hallelujah. He increased Neil greatly. Amen? And he made us and is making us stronger than our enemies. Stronger is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Say it with me. The God of plenty. The God of increase. Hallelujah Hallelujah. is causing me to grow stronger and stronger stronger every day. day. Now look at Psalm 35, verse 27. Psalm 35, 27. One translation of this says that he he takes pleasure in what? In the prosperity of his servant. That word prosperity simply means welfare. And welfare means he takes pleasure in the health, the happiness, and the fortunes of his people. Amen. Still another translation says, Let those who want things to be set right for me shout for joy and celebrate. Let them constantly say, The Lord is great. 
And God wants his servants to be at peace. So make room in your heart for increase. It is the will of God. Develop a mindset for increase by renewing your mind. Another scripture that couples with Romans 12, 2 is 3 John 2, where he says, Beloved, I wish or I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your what? See, the prosperous soul is a soul where the prosperous soul is a soul or a mind that is renewed according to the will of God. Now, this is all by introduction, but I want to share one more scripture by way of introduction. I want to get to some things that I believe the Lord made very clear to me yesterday that he wants to minister to you today. But turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and actually don't turn there, because we're going to read it from the message version. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 through 13. We heard this a few years ago, and it really changed my life and changed my heart. Because I understand that if I'm going to experience increase and richer fulfillment in my life, I have to have an open heart. God's got to expand this pastor's heart. And if he can expand my heart, he can expand your heart. And so just being open to increase. Now notice this in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verse 11 through 13. Let's read it together, can we? Ready, read. Dear, dear Corinthians... I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life, wealthy place. Verse 12. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I don't like small things. How about you? I don't like to be in a tight place. I like those wide open spaces. Physically, naturally, and spiritually. Now notice verse 13. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. I like that. Live openly and expansively. Let's just do this right now. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, I just open up my heart completely and totally. To your will being done in my life. I refuse to be constricted one day longer. I live openly and expansively. Thy will be done in the name of Jesus. So the way that you get enlarged in your spirit, again, it gets back to the word. Number two, by the Holy Spirit but also by the associations that you have, by the associations that you have. In other words, who you hang with. You see, it's important for us as a church, it's important for us individually to be connected to the right people. Amen? You know, I love everybody in the body of Christ, but I certainly don't agree with everybody in the body of Christ. And I'm not going to submit myself to people that are poor-mouthing all the time that are tearing down the faith message, ad infinitum. Amen. I want to hang with the winners. How about you? Okay, so let's get down to it this morning. You ready? I believe the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me yesterday and said this. Your wealthy place and our wealthy place is found only in Him. This wealthy place, this place of rich fulfillment, is not found in people. It's not found in places. And it's not found in things. 
Now, we are in Christ, and Christ in us is in us. <clears throat> so in Him we have peace, in Him we have strength, in Him we have joy, in Him we have wisdom. Amen? And all of the things that pertain to the, the gospel of grace and the good news. We have it. And so it is in Him, and it is through Him, that you and I enter in to this place of rich fulfillment. Now let's break this down a little bit and think about this. Turn in your Bibles to Job chapter 22. The book of Job chapter 22. And I'm going to read several scriptures from the Amplified Version. And uh, notice with me in verse 21. He says, now acquaint yourself with him, agree with God, and show yourself to be conformed to his will, and be at peace or be at shalom. By that you shall prosper, and what shall come to you? Great good shall come to you. Then in verse 22, he says, receive, I pray, the law and instruction from his mouth, and lay up his words in your heart. Return to the Almighty... And submit and humble yourself before him. You will be built up when you put away unrighteousness from your life or from your tents. Now notice verse 24. If you lay gold in the dust and the gold of Ophir among the stones of the brook, considering them of little worth. In other words, he is instructing us not to be seeking gold and not to be seeking silver. In other words... Those things that most people pursue on a daily basis and a weekly basis, these are necessary things, but these are not the things that should be number one in our life. And verse 25 says, And make the Almighty your gold, and the Lord God your precious silver and treasure. See, that, that's a commitment that's stepping over the line of just being a nominal, mediocre Christian, just logging your time till the rapture of the church. It's literally inviting him and making him your all in all. Making him your gold and making him your silver treasure. Verse 26. Then you will have delight in the Almighty and you will lift up your face to God. You will make your prayer to him and he will hear you and you will pay your vows Notice in verse 28, you shall also decide and decree a thing and it shall be established for you and the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. The context of deciding, declaring and decreeing and it coming to pass is making him your all in all. Woo, glory to God. And when you speak the word of God, when he is your all in all, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak, and the favor of God shall shine upon your ways. Amen. That's a wealthy place. When they make low, you will say, there is a lifting up. And the humble person, he lifts up and he saves. So this is what I had in my heart is making him our gold, making him our silver, making him our special treasure. And you can do that by seeking him first. Look with me now at Proverbs chapter 2. 
Again, I want to read from the Amplified Version. Proverbs, the second chapter. It says now in verse 2, My son, if, this is a condition, right? If you will receive my words, remember, God and his word are one, and Jesus is the word of God manifest in the flesh. So when we're receiving his words, we're partaking of God, we're receiving of Christ. And if we will treasure up his commandments within us, making your ear attentive to skillful and godly wisdom, inclining and directing your heart and mind to understanding, applying all your powers to the quest for it. In other words, I'm after the word, I'm after the wisdom of God, it is the principal thing, and I'm going to search this wisdom out just as if I was hunting for a rich treasure. Verse 3. Yes, if you cry out for insight, and you raise your voice for understanding. If you seek wisdom, ask for silver, and search for godly and skillful wisdom, as for hidden treasures. Say this with me. Jesus, Jesus. Is, my is my treasure. He is made unto me, made unto me. Wisdom. wisdom. Now I want you to notice verse 5. Would you read it with me? Ready, read. Then you will understand the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord and the knowledge of our omniscient God. Woo, glory. Verse 6 and 7. Read that with me as well. <clears throat> For the Lord gives skillful and godly wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Verse 7. He hides away sound and godly wisdom and stores it up for the righteous. Those who are in upright and in right standing with him. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly and integrity. Glory to God. So we see this theme of seeking him and searching for him. And making him our gold. And making him our treasure. That is a man or a woman that is in a wealthy place. And that is a man and woman or woman that will be happy every day of their life. Happiness and joy is not based on circumstances. Happiness and joy is based on your relationship with Jesus Christ. The Son of the Living God. I can be happy today because I know that my Redeemer lives. I can be happy today because I know that my Redeemer has redeemed me. I'm happy today because He's my gold, He's my silver, and He will liberally supply every need that I ever have. Amen. Now let's hunt a little bit more. Proverbs chapter 3, beginning in verse 13. Proverbs chapter 3. Happy is the man that finds wisdom and the man that gets understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. Gold is fine. Did you know that? You know, I watch Gold Rush on Friday nights. I kind of like it. And when they mine that gold and that jar gets filled, it looked pretty good. And then they smelt it, I guess what they call it, and it burns off the impurities. And so that gold is extremely fine. 
Jesus is much finer than the best gold in this world. As a matter of fact, the earth is his and the fullness thereof. He's the creator of gold. So I'm not going to worship gold more than I worship God. I'm not going to go after gold more than I go after God. I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and the gold will come. All right, good. (laughs) Verse 15, she's more precious than rubies. All the things you can desire not to be compared to her. Now listen to this. Length of days is in her right hand. That's a wealthy place. And in her left hand, riches and honor. That's increase. Now listen, her ways are ways of pleasantness. And all her, her paths are peace. That's a wealthy place. She's a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. In other words, not just being doing this once in a while, but retaining this. Now read verse 13 through 17 with me. Ready, class? Read. Happy, blessed, fortunate, enviable is the man who finds skillful and godly wisdom, and the man who gets understanding, drawing it forth from God's word and life's experiences... For the gaining of it is better than the gaining of silver, and the profit of it than fine gold. Skillful and godly wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you can wish for can be compared to her. I think we ought to shout right there. Woo! The incomparable riches of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 16 and 17, let's read. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are highways of pleasantness, and all of her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those that lay hold on her, and happy, blessed, fortunate, to be envied, is everyone who holds her fast. Are you holding her fast today? Oh, thank you, Lord. And so, as you're opening your heart and making him your gold and making him your silver, and as you're digging the veins of God's word and you're exploring the wisdom of God and you're functioning in the reverential fear of the Lord, and as you come across a place in your life where you just don't know what to do, just ask him. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Just as simple as that. And when you ask, listen. Turn the phone off so you're not getting ding-donged all day. And just listen to him. Amen? Another way to tap into the wisdom of God is through faith's confession. Let's say this together. Jesus Jesus has been made unto me me wisdom. Wisdom. Counsel in my heart heart is like deep water. But I'm a man of understanding. And I draw the wisdom of God out. And my mind is not unfruitful. Because Jesus is my wisdom, and the Holy Spirit shows me what I need to see. Hallelujah. So this is all part of our wealthy place. Man, there's nothing like having an awesome relationship with Jesus. Is there? Nothing like it. Now, are we ready to go maybe ten more minutes? Y'all good? All right, let's turn over to Ephesians then, and let's look at verses, chapter 3 and verse 8. 
Ephesians, the third chapter, and notice with me in verse 8. Now, of course, Paul, his main message was to the Gentiles, right? Peter's main message was to the Jews. Uh, The Apostle Paul has several epistles, the Pauline epistles. Um, As you know, we were in Rome recently, and we saw the place where Paul was in prison before he was executed. I think he was there for almost two years. It was a very dark place. But even though Paul was in a dark place, he had the light of God and the light of Jesus Christ in his life. And he didn't let the prison get in him, even though he was in prison. Now that'll preach. Amen? And so the Apostle Paul was extremely diligent. I mean, he, uh, he, was, a, he was a very intelligent person, but beyond that, he was a very spiritual person. And he, draw, he drew much of his wisdom through fellowship with the Lord. He said, you know, things like, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. See, Paul was a gold digger, but not in the natural. Jesus was his gold. Jesus was his all in all. And, uh, and so he had great revelation, didn't he? Um, he's the one who, who said that we can pray in Ephesians 1, these glorious prayers, that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened. In Ephesians 3, that our spirits would be strengthened. He's the one that came had the revelation that Christ in us, the hope of glory. He's the one that said, nay, in all these things, we are still more than conquerors because Christ is in us. He's the one who said, there's nothing that's going to ever separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. He also said, you know what, guys? I rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'll tell you, rejoice. How can you rejoice, Paul, while you're in prison? He said, i got something to rejoice about. I've got Christ in me, the hope of glory. He knew who he was. Therefore, what he was in did not define him. Who he was defined him, and who he was enabled him to go through dark times. Hallelujah! And so this, um, this epistle to the church at Ephesus, first three chapters deal with the riches of Christ, your wealthy place. Um, uh, chapter 4 right on through Ephesians chapter 6 verse 9 deal with the walk of the believer you know how we should walk in Christ and then uh, chapter 6 verse 10 right to the end of the chapter deals with the warfare of the believer or the armor of God and so he's introducing this letter to the church at Ephesus and by the way you will find if you look at different epistles you will discover that very same things, a lot of the same things that he said to Ephesus, he said to the church of Colossae. It's very, very uh, connected together. And so he's writing to them, and here's one of the things that he writes. He says, To me, though I am the very least of all the saints of God's consecrated people. Just a side thought. Did you know that you're a saint? Amen. Now you may be acting like an ain't, but in God's God's eyes you're a saint. So, God's consecrated people, this grace, this favor, this privilege was granted and graciously entrusted to me to proclaim to the Gentiles. Now, here's what I want us to meditate on in these last few moments. This is so rich to the Gentiles, and that's you and that's me. The unending, the boundless, the fathomless, the incalculable, the exhaustless riches of Christ, the wealth which no human being could have ever searched out. 
Let's just read that together, starting with to proclaim. Ready, read. To proclaim to the Gentiles the unending, boundless, fathomless, incalculable, and exhaustless riches of Christ, wealth which no human being could have searched out. Let's keep that up there. The riches of Christ. Didn't say anything about money there. Didn't say anything about having a large ministry and and doing all these great things. He says, here's what you need to know. You need to know the unending, the boundless. There's no boundaries to his riches. The fathomless. You can't calculate it. The exhaustless riches of Christ. Wealth which no human being could have ever searched out. Now this is blood covenant language there. This is blood covenant language. Jesus shed his precious blood for precious people like you and like me. And blood covenant basically says this. All that I am, all that I have, is yours. Everything that I am, everything that I have, it's yours. And through the blood covenant then, here's what is ours. The boundless, the fathomless, the incalculable, the exhaustless riches of Christ. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, let's just take this a step further. Let's go one step further. Turn over now to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and look with me at verse 8. 2 Corinthians Chapter 9 and verse 8. Say it with me. My wealthy place is found only in Him. Not in people. Not in places. Not in things. When I'm in my wealthy place, I'll have God-ordained connections. I'll have plenty of things. I'll go to plenty of places. But my wealthy place is in Him and through Him. And we enter this wealthy place by faith. Don't we? I mean, you're hearing some good word today. And this good word has got to be received in an open heart. But not just an open heart, a heart filled with faith. You've got a mixer on the inside of you. It's the spirit of faith. So when you hear truth like this, for whoever is preaching, whether it be PN, Pastor Brenda, Reverend George, whoever it might be, open your heart and get your mixer going. Get your mixer going. And then all day long, meditate and declare and speak what you've heard. Because faith initially comes by hearing a good meal like you're getting today. But it will continue to grow as you hear yourself, stir yourself, and mix faith by speaking what you have hearing. Amen? Now look at this in 2 Corinthians 9, 8. He says, for you know, no, for you are becoming 
progressively acquainted with. In other words, we haven't arrived yet, but we are progressing. We're growing, right? In 2 Corinthians, uh, did I say, uh, you know, it's 8-9. It's yeah, both are good, but it is 8-9. I double-checked yesterday, and I still wrote it down wrong. Hallelujah! All right, amen. For you are becoming progressively acquainted with and recognizing more strongly. That's where we want to go to. Stronger. And clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. His kindness. His gracious generosity. His undeserved favor. And His spiritual blessing. In that though he was so very rich, he had boundless, fathomless, incalculable, exhaustless riches that no human being could touch. In that though he was so very rich, yet for your sakes through blood covenant, he became so very poor. In order that by his poverty you might become enriched, abundantly supplied, and tap into the fathomless, boundless, incalculable, and exhaustless riches of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just think about it. I don't know who the richest man in the world is, but the guy from Microsoft is pretty stinking rich. Isn't he? And other people. Um, what's beyond a billion? Does anyone know? A trillion. A trillion. There, may, there may be trillionaires in this world today. There could be. I'd like to see a check from one of them. <laughs> but listen, a zillionaire is not even a drop in the bucket Compared to the boundless, fathomless, incalculable, exhaustless, come on, riches of Christ. Hallelujah. Now when people with money have their act together and God is number one and not money, they can be a great blessing. But you don't have to wait till you have something to be a blessing. Because, in fact, you are already blessed. You're already empowered to prosper. Now listen, a homeless person could walk in our service today barefoot, not well-groomed, and give his heart or give her heart to the Lord Jesus Christ The person who gets saved today is richer than a billionaire that is not born again. And that is because when he is saved, he has access (laughs) to the boundless, (laughs) the fathomless, the incalculable, and the exhaustless riches of Christ. Stand to your feet.